The Business on RT Radio 1 with AIB. We know that your focus is on your business. That's why ours is on supporting you. Well, one industry that definitely during COVID looked uh, hold below the waterline was the cruise ship business. And there's an interesting story in the Guardian newspaper today. It says the largest cruise ship in the world embarks on its first public voyage from Miami today. It's 20 decks high above the waves. It can accommodate 10,000 passengers and crew and at a quarter of a million gross tonnes could swallow five Titanics for breakfast. It's got a water park, a 17 metre indoor waterfall. It's 365 metres long and the article also talks about some of the other really big cruise ships uh, including one that has a roller coaster and another one that on the top deck you can drive on a two-level racetrack in an electric car which is quite extraordinary and a lot of these super uh, cruise ships are being built now but it's not all plain sailing because as the article points out there are question marks over their green credentials and a lot of them uh, the new ones are switching to LNG gas as opposed to traditional marine fuel but the article quotes studies by NGOs comparing the carbon footprint of a week-long holiday on a European cruise to taking a flight and staying in hotels and it says that various studies concluded such cruises were between twice and eight times as carbon intensive so there you go well one stretch of water that the uh, the new icon of the sea's ship might not be in a hurry to go into is the Red Sea and the Gulf of uh, Aden. Yesterday a Houthi uh, anti-ship missile damaged an oil tanker in the Gulf. The last two months of Houthi attacks against cargo ships in the region have restricted one of the world's main trade routes. Many shipping companies now avoid the area. They're taking longer routes to their destination. But is this increasing freight costs and delivery times? We're joined by Graeme Parker, CEO of Ship Angel. Graeme, you're very welcome to the programme. First of all, how significant is this for the shipping industry? Thanks, Richard. It's it's a pretty significant event. It is obviously, you know, as you mentioned during COVID era, was a very stressful time for global supply chains. If you compare the first 50 days of COVID to the first 50 or so days of this Red Sea crisis, shipping rates have actually increased at a higher rate uh, with this Red Sea crisis than it did in COVID. So it's a, it's a worrying start. One of the, the, the things that's a little bit different, I think, about the attack last night was that it was on an oil tanker and it has caught fire. Now, I think nobody was, was, uh, was, in, was injured. Certainly there were, there were no fatalities. And if that was to continue, you could be lo- also looking at an environmental disaster there as well. Absolutely. I think, you know, since the um, since the US and UK navies have started to launch attacks, they've hoped for a de-escalation. But this is actually an escalation. And if, if hopefully they can get the fire on the Marlin Luanda under control, right now it's still raging. But if it was uh, to sink, then it could be an ecological disaster, which would be which would be a big issue for ships transiting the area. Now, I understand that that tanker last night was carrying some kind of um, diesel or kerosene. Is it is it NAFTA is yes. the generic name for that fuel type? It's a liquid hydrocarbon. But what what kinds of goods might, consumer goods I'm thinking about as well, might be affected by this rerouting of ships away from that area? Yeah, so if you think about these uh, cont- giant container ships, they're carrying on average 10 to 20,000 containers uh, from China. And a lot of it is kind of consumer-led goods. So if you think about, uh, you know, products that you would have inside your home, like furniture, TVs, uh, leading on to electronic goods, you know, a new iPhone, a new Android phone, um, and obviously a lot of fashion as well. Um, so retailers are seeming to for- form into two different groups. You've got a group that have a lot of... Um, 
surplus inventory in their warehouses that they will cope. But other other retailers have a just-in-time strategy and they're already starting to feel the pinch. So in the COVID era, you started to see delays on products and you started to see some empty shelves. And if this continues, this is where we could end up heading towards on the Red Sea issue as well. And even aside from supply pinches, there are higher costs potentially because when they go around this stretch of water, they go around the bottom of the continent of Africa and South Africa. How, how much does that, add, does that add on in cost and time? In time terms, it's an average of about 14 days for every ship to go around the Cape of Good Hope. And worryingly, what we're now seeing is that shipping lines are starting to issue schedules with this as a standard. So two weeks ago, they would take it case by case. Now they're starting to say, for the foreseeable future, we will sail around the Cape of Good Hope. In terms of pricing, it's it's quite worrying. Its rates have increased by over 150% on all of the major trade lanes. And Chinese New Year is coming up on February 10th. And you hear now prices for a container from Asia to Europe of around $10,000, which is absolutely astronomical. It's two to three X of what it was. In and December. with Chinese New Year, that affects productivity because they take a, uh, they take a big break, it, it, the, the, the festivities, etc. It goes on for quite a while. So that would affect supplies anyway, would it? Absolutely. The next two to three weeks pre-February 10th, pre the shutdown, will be will be uh, very chaotic. Everybody's trying to get space. And another interesting knock-on effect of this is for Irish exporters who need the uh, the containers. Yeah, if you look at um, you know some of the graphics you see of all the ships transiting around the world and you see the gap that now exists in the Red Sea area and the extra transit around the Cape of Good Hope, it means that basically every ship is drastically out of position on what they thought it would be. And the second part of that is that obviously all of these containers are now not where they need to be. They're not getting into Europe and the US, which means that there's less containers for, for exporters as well. So they're an, Irish exporters are now under a lot more pressure to make sure that they have a sufficient supply of empty containers. So how seriously, I mean, aside from the political and military consequences of an escalation of this, but if, if things were to sort of continue as they are from an industry supply chain consumer goods point of view, how, how big a deal do you think this could become? I, I think right back to the COVID era where, you know, where we had continued um, issues on the supply chain and what it meant was, you know, um, products were being delayed, um, shelves were empty, um, you know, retailers couldn't get product to where they needed to be. Um, and, you know, the Chinese New Year kind of exasperates that because everything shuts down for two weeks or so there. So I think if we don't see a de-escalation in the weeks ahead, you will start to see tremendous pressure on products on shelves and retailers' websites trying to get uh, product in, uh, especially for, you know, big events like spring and Easter events. Uh, there's going to be tremendous pressure to get those products in on time now. So we might begin to notice it as well as the uh, price increases as well. Graham Parker, CEO of Ship Angel, thank you very much for joining us on the programme.